I went to the doctor a few months ago and she looked, one of them was completely, I couldn't hear. And so she started with my good ear and she was like, it's completely blocked. And then she looked in my bad ear and she was like, it's completely blocked. (laughs) She's like, I don't know how you can hear me. I can see you're not lip reading. (laughs) But anyway, some some stuff came out last week. Glad to hear it. Mm. Release the beast. Release the eggs! A is for anything. B for baby blue. C is classy, clams and clogs. D for doggy doos. T is easy. F for flange. G for gannon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. K is kooky. L for lads. Margaret ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for mummy. N for knock knock. Who's there? Who? Here come QRSTU for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zink and zanies. Baglioni. Zip zucchini. Zoo and zoo and zippelin too. The alphabet is really cool. Well, we're back in the booth. We are. <laughs> okay, well, it's the second episode of the year. Oh, my God. Wow. And it's we're on to the wonderful, whimsical, warm, wishful, wandering, majestic, W. W. W for W. <laughs> Famously. Yes, we are. Hang on. Also, apologies. I am a little bunged. Well, shall we kick off or are we going to do some, you know, have you been? Yeah. Well, how has everyone well, how been? Have you been? Yeah. <laughs> because, Marika, your album recently came out. It did, yeah. Oh, my lord. We must talk about that. Yeah, if you want to buy it, not you guys, because uh, you will, of course. Oh, we've already bought, bought it. it. We have. Um, for you lovely listeners. We'll have had it signed by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That will sound really strange. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and the reviews were fantastic. Yeah, they really were. Well, well hang on, hang on. <laughs> no, this, because, is, this is a premonition. No, some well, some of them were. are already in. Some of them are already in, yes. Yes, that's true. But, you know, we don't want to jinx oh, it. Oh, that's no, true. Sorry, yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, it's been a busy, busy few weeks. Really fun, really successful. Yeah. <laughs> I had a number one record. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles tweeted you. Yeah, yeah. Said he He's loved my it. boyfriend now. He's your boyfriend. Um, yeah. Going so, on tour yeah. with Michael Jackson, aren't you? I am exactly <laughs> in uh, end of summer. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, pyramid stage at Glastonbury. So oh, yeah, it's, it's and, shaping and, up and to be a great year. An MBE was it? It was an MBE. Yeah, yeah. But Did also, let's not forget the podcast. You know, off the back of this, yeah. we're riding sky high. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got the O2. We have got the O2. Yeah. So Dolly Parton's been <laughs> been on tweeting, been on, on us, at, yeah. at us, just not. She can't stop. No, she's 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 been on us nine to five. But anyway, enough about us. Yeah, let's talk about wax. Let's yeah, talk let's. about we. Sorry, we. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just a bit out of the practice of things. Yeah, I thought like that was a time lag just then. Yeah, the I joke. Don't. The joke came in after we'd already changed the subject. There wouldn't be unlike me. No. It's true. And we love you for it. All right, wax. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the history of wax, but not much because boring. Um, and then I'm going to focus on some great waxes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we can really get in there. Um, but as you can imagine, wax has been used for a very long time. Yeah. We do have a Mesopotamia reference. Oh, um, in every section, I swear to God. I think every episode has mentioned Mesopotamia. So the oldest wax being used is bees wax, of course, because it's lovely and pure and yeah. exists and doesn't have any 
too much of a process. I'll go into the process process of uh, beeswax later because obviously I picked beeswax as one of my big three. Um, so they would use this in uh, Mesopotamia and in Egypt as well. <laughs> Egypt also comes Egypt up a lot. Egypt does come up a lot and it comes up a lot with wax. Um, so <laughs> beeswax was used as a covering for wooden tablets that they would write on. So they would make a shallow depression into the wood and then they'd fill it with soot blackened beeswax that you would then um, use a sort of needle to scratch oh, into, wow. which is called stylus. The wax tablets. The wax tablets. So that's what they were. And obviously the trouble with that is they didn't last very long. So not as good as the stone ones because, you know, we lost quite a lot of things. But actually that was around sort of 1300 base. Hey? But they have found figurines, beeswax figurines, in Egyptian tombs from around 3,400 BC. Wow. wow. Old, old, old. And also the reason we know all this is because in ancient Egypt, the scrolls that they were using were preserved with beeswax. Ah, so they're waterproof. Yes, exactly. One of the many functions of wax it is hydrophobic. What else was I going to say? Oh, yes, mummies as well. <laughs> yeah, Egyptian ones. <laughs> um, they would use beeswax for embalming. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously, your big guy, candles. Oh, yeah. In Mesopotamia? Not in Mesopotamia. But that was ancient Egyptians, Greeks and Romans. Okay. What were they using as wicks for candles, do we think? I didn't choose wicks. I chose wax. Okay, you could have so. chosen wax. <laughs> Someone could've... else could have chosen wicks. <laughs> it has our name, name on it. it. Wicks. <laughs> oh, also in ancient Egypt, they did used to really love hair removal and they did used to wax with beeswax as well as the sugaring, the sugar waxy method thing. Both, both... Mostly Both the women, or top and bottom? No, as in, was everyone waxing? I think everyone was waxing. Love it. Romans too. Even think of all those statues. Where's the hair? Mm. Yeah, but isn't head. that just because they're statues? No, because they do the head hair. It, no, I oh, read yeah, about it yeah. today. Okay, yeah. in, it's it's confirmed. They thought that lack of and like no stubble as well. Otherwise, you'd be a, um, deemed to be like a barbarian. It does still. I feel like it still prevails in parts of the world where like hairlessness for men is as much a yeah, yeah, a, a sign of a vibe uh, as it is for women, and yes. and I think being clean, clean shaven is probably still seen as being like a smarter. True, except for no, but I think since the arrival of craft beer, um, mm. although that would be a little flip reversey. I feel like uh, I can't say this for sure because I don't have a beard, but. If I had like a big meeting, I beg to differ <laughs> on my face. If I had a big, <laughs> a big meeting, say, yeah. with I don't know, the financial investors of my extremely popular podcast, yeah, I would be shaving my beard for that. But what if you had a big, beautiful kind of boxy beard? <sighs> what like that you glossed and, and oiled. a very small chin? I think there's still a, an association of like. Mm. Sh- shaggy, beardy, stubbly being more scruffy. Yes. Like with the Romans. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But hey, write into our email address if you think I'm wrong. Show us your beards, top and bottom. Hey, Mona. Just top, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, bottom beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so waxing, waxing, lyrical about wax is what we're doing right now. Yes, we It are. has lots of different purposes, wax. It's actually... All around us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wax actually is all All around around. us. Right, so we've got different types of wax. Yeah. You've got your natural wax. They come from waxes. Plants, animals, and then you've got your synthetics. Natural wax, planty ones. You've got your soys, your coconuts, your hobba, hobba. 
Um, I've never known how to say that. Jojo bar. I've got a shoshoba flavor shampoo at the moment, and it's really confusing me every time I Wait, shower. Wait, how's it spelled? J O J O B A. You've got lanolin wax from sheep's. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, back to the oak boot. To the oak Back to the oak boot. Jelly's still raging. Crazy twenty minutes of Jelly's life. My most pugnacious moment. <laughs> pugnacious. Pug. Ugnacious. Yeah. Um, so actually, if you have a freshly shorn wool, um, about five to twenty-five percent of that, which is quite. a big margin but that is crude lanolin in there creating that weight which gets separated and turned into lanolin wax which gets used in a lot of cosmetics mm. but it's, it's quite stinky smells like sheep um, it's like me when I wash my hair or just before I think that you what's genolin yeah you, like people you, say that I have a potent smelling head <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we could make wax from your wool <laughs> <laughs> I think we Top could. Top or bottom? Tune in next week Both. to find out. <laughs> All wool. We have to shear your entire body. <laughs> oh my God, imagine. <laughs> Wax from my toes. No. Toe hair. Yeah, okay. That'll be a small proportion. That'll be, um, what do you call it? Bushwax. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call them? The, what? the small people in Lord of the Rings. Hobbits. Hobbit wax. <laughs> it's not just, inaccurate as a description. Just the main characters. <laughs> Jesus. Talking about them like they're extras. Um, anyway. Oh, I've really riled her now. Yeah, we've opened the box. You have. I'm very upset. Yeah, waxes, waxes, waxes. There's loads of waxes. Yeah. Lady, stay with me, stay with me. In the box. In the box. I am now Sorry. going to focus... On, on beeswax s- mm, mind your own <laughs> exactly I thought you'd like to hear about beeswax because it's such a lovely wax and yeah. bees are very interesting we love bees love we bees. do and the wa- they obviously make wax to build their little hexagonal structures which they use for storing honey and putting their babies in and pollen so there's a it's just for everything really yeah okay so the bees consume honey um, obviously and then these special wax producing glands convert the sugar into wax which comes out through little pores. And so the youngest bees all cluster in large numbers and get their temperature up, which means they're able to release this molten wax out of these little glands. Wow. Um, And they turn into little flakes, little wax flakes on the bee's abdomen. And then basically other bees then come along and take these wax flakes and chew them up, which turns them white um, and makes them malleable. And then they take them to the hive and build out of the chewed up wax that these other bees have made. And it takes about 12 hours to produce eight wax flakes wow. for a bee. So it's a, it's a really a labour of time and love. Wowee. Um, they're very, you know, they're great guys. They work hard. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and they keep their temperature at about 35 degrees Celsius, um, which is perfect for the manipulation of beeswax. Love it. Yeah, clever, clever. Very clever. It's also a very clever structure, the hive, the the, the waxy hive, the comb, um, because the hexagon sort of columns that fit side by side, um, that's the most efficient shape for using the smallest amount of wax to hold the most amount of honey, which is crazy Got that you. they work that out. Mm. Um 
And then also it's the strongest, it's one of the strongest shapes whilst using the least amount of material. So they're like, they're getting those little wax flakes to really, you know, go as far as they can. That's engineering at its finest. It so, really is. It so actually says clever. here it's a triumph of engineering, a, a beehive. So clever. Um, and then the, the, the beeswax, um, it starts off white and then it gets darker depending on how much they use it. So if it's like a brood section, that gets very dark. Um, so you can have wax, beeswax, it's all different colours, but it goes through processes where you just have to it's a very simple process because it already is wax mm. you don't have to do anything to it apart from basically clean it and separate it from the honey and then you have beeswax and it burns very nicely it's pretty smokeless and it has um, a lovely fragrance to lovely. it yeah um, but yeah so that's basically beeswax it's very simple because yeah. it's it's just lovely and so oh so natural and we love the bees so we that's do really great. love the bees. But I found out about this new kind of, not new, it's old, but a wax I had never heard of today called spermaceti. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So spermaceti is a waxy sub- substance. It is, it is a wax. Um, but not, where does it come from? Where does it come from? Do you want to hazard a guess? A penis? No. A whale? Yes. Oh, I could have got that yeah, but you if went, I just you engaged my brain. You went down the silly path. I know. Maybe it's when a worm vomits off its own spunk. A worm vomits off <laughs> its own spunk. Whale. Um, yeah. Is that what you're going to say? No. Um, so spermaceti. So it's it's the substance is found in the head cavity of a sperm whale. And it basically... So they don't quite know what it does, but it has something to do with the... Uh, what is it called? the ping pong sounds going around um i have sonar to... oh yeah sonar yeah ping pong sounds. so it's um it's something to do with the like viscosity of it and the density of it it the speed of sound in spermaceti is 2684 something something so i don't know what that means um but apparently it means it's a it's nearly twice as good a conductor of sound as the oil in a dolphin's melon and i didn't know that's what that part of a dolphin was called well, which head. part is yeah the i think it's, it's the bold on the top yeah, of its head <laughs> which part is a dolphin's melon <laughs> um which is so that's it's to do with um what echo something it's called so yes and the word spermaceti comes from the latin sperma meaning sperm um, and seti, which is whale or genitive form of whale. So it was initially believed to actually be whale semen. Sort of got a whitish, creamy appearance Ugh. when it's fresh. But the substance is what named the whale, not the other way around. Ah. Right? So that's why it's called a sperm whale. I was just wondering that. Yeah. I've so, always wondered why yeah. it's got so such they, a... F- they found all this stuff in its head that looked like sperm. So they were like, it's a sperm whale. So they thought that there was just loads of sperm in their heads. I know, but these people... They probably didn't think it was sperm. They just thought, oh, it looks like sperm. It was yeah. initially believed to be whale semen. Really? Yeah. God, they were dumb, weren't they? Yeah, also, call yourself a scientist. I know. Well, I don't think they, was, they weren't scientists. They were whalers. Uh, so what they would do is they'd kill the sperm whale. Wah, bad, bad. And they would pull the carcass alongside the ship, cut its head off and put it on deck, and then they would cut a hole in it and bail out the matter inside with a bucket. Um, and then they would take that back to land where it would get that is all processed. Yeah, horrible, isn't it? They would actually do away, I think, with most of the rest of it as well. All of the stuff seemed to be like in the head. <sighs> Classic. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Such little. We're cunts. still that wasteful. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. And then yes, basically it would get it would get processed into either an oil that would stay oily and liquid throughout the winter, which was very useful, um, and a wax, which was used a lot. A barber lot, jackets. A lot, a lot. Barber jackets. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
skates, 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 skateboards. <laughs> surfboards. Do you, surfboards. Do you need to wax a skateboard? Yes. What What for? Grinding. Oh. Surfboards, you definitely need to wax. You absolutely do. Just There's sex on. wax. Everyone had the se- that sex wax. Yeah, I think the yeah, main wax so for, for sporting, and also I read ice hockey for the puck, you need to wax it to keep it slip away. And that's mainly carnauba wax, which is from that palm tree, Brazilian palm. So that's is spermaceti. I just thought that was quite weird. Yeah, yeah. that is. Um, good to know. Very good to know, just for future reference. Now I'm going to talk about paraffin wax. Okay. Which is the most, I would, off my research, this wasn't a fact that I read, but I would say it's the most prevalent wax <laughs> today. Okay? It's it's everywhere. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to run you through where it is because it is everywhere. Um, but basically, it's kind of, it's not a very nice wax. It's a synthetic wax. So paraffins are obtained from petrol. Um, so it starts as a petrol petroleum byproduct um, from the processes used to refine crude oil into fuels like gasoline. So it's like a, oh, it had a name. It was called like slag wax or something, but I can't remember what it was. Don't think it was slag wax. Well, slag. Slack, maybe. Wax, wax, slack, slack wax. Um, um, quick interlude. Mm? When we were at school, we had a teacher, male teacher, our chemistry teacher who told us to remember you know when in is it in cracking when slag is the thing that yeah gets... what is slag it's a it's a is an it is a byproduct from isn't it's it something like that you get like ore and slag and, yeah. and you get a slag heap yeah and he used to say and girls you can remember you can remember <gasps> <laughs> you can remember where the slag comes in the in the pyramid or whatever it was because the slag always goes on top <gasps> Oh my like god! 15 years old, isn't that crazy? To a class full of girls, yeah, of like fourteen, fifteen-year-old girls. How old was this gentleman? Oh, easily above forty. Why did he think that it was slaggy to go on top? Thank you. Yeah, quite right. Yeah, as in he was right. No, <laughs> good question. I mean, yeah, but what? A what thing. a loser! Yeah, yeah. He has a very fragile ego. He's clearly longing to be in a slag heap. Oh, he's longing to be pegged. Yeah. He oh, definitely. He honestly had that vibe. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Slag wax. Slag wax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slag wax. Slag wax. Um I don't think that is what it's called, but you're right about the slag thingy with the oil thingy yeah. because that's it's all connected here. Yeah. So basically, but this is a, it's just a it's a byproduct from quite a nasty process involving lots of quite horrible chemicals that are also bad for the environment. But it gets heavily bleached and then it becomes a colourless, odourless wax, which we see everywhere. Most of the candles you're going to be buying... Paraffin. ...going to be paraffin, unless it says otherwise. Because, mm. you know, people are make them. There's a lot of bigger move towards soya candles because they're better for the environment. Because apparently when you burn these candles, they do actually release quite a lot of nasty, nasty chemicals that it can cause rashes, me. breathing difficulties, carcinogens flying around... And they do smoke a bit more than mm. your other candles, your nice pure ones. But it's cheap. It's cheerful. Actually, fun fact about paraffin wax, at one point it was actually used for breast implants before silicon was introduced. Oh, Ooh. I don't like the sound of that. They would be very hard. Are they the ones yeah. that have been... flammable. What about if you were sunbathing? <laughs> <laughs> no, not ex- like melting. Melty oh, tits. Shit, yeah, now melty that's a loose tits. buzzy. Yeah. But don't people's silicon explode on planes and stuff as well? Yeah, those are d- d- dangerous. That's going to be loose, busy too. They're Oof. not happening anymore, though, are they? What do they use now? What do they use now? Yeah, 
Oh, maybe they do. But didn't a group of people no, you're right. have like a, an issue with their inflated buzzies? Probably. <laughs> I, was that when they were making them too big for the skin? But this, the thing, the substance was like leaking. And... Yes, that can happen. They can, they can burst and leak and they're very, very bad. <laughs> but they're not made out of wax anymore. Thank <laughs> God. Over there. Apart from at Madame Tussauds. Um, I read this oh, nice little good. quote. Um, Chances are that you use a product that contains paraffin wax each day. It is used as a lubricator for many products, including skis, surfboards and bullets. That was their reference of everyday oh, wow. things. Sorry. Also, food grade paraffin you can eat, is considered edible. Now, I don't think that means it is edible. I don't think it sounds particularly nice as an edible thing, but it basically means that it'll pass through the system without doing anything and then you poop it out. So they melt it into chocolate. What? And now this is quite common. And these these are going to shock you, ladies. I'm already shocked. So it gives it a glossy finish, right? So watch out for your glossy chockies. Um And also, <laughs> it helps chocolate to stay, stay solid at room temperature. So if your chocolate ain't melting, oh. you're eating wax. And they do it in also chocolate coatings. So when you've got like co- cookies, biscuits dipped in chocolate mm. um, or ice cream with that kind of coating on it, it's got wax in it. This is all making sense. This is all making sense. Ain't that just gross? Yeah, that is gross. Mm. And then, yeah, it's just kind of in your system. And then uh, it gets sprayed onto fruit and vegetables to make them seem shiny. Because oh, yes. You see, apples, apples, Gina's favourite. Gina, yeah. she bloody you're, loves them. You're, they, probably, you're probably waxed up to your eyebrows. No, I'm not buying those apples. Unwaxed lemons. Unwaxed lemons. But, you know, but apples, apples produce their own wax, but then when they go through such rigorous washing things, they then have to spray them with paraffin wax to make them look... So there's going to be more wax on those apples than you think there are, Gina. I have to say, the way that we treat fruit and vegetables in this day and age is so upsetting. It is, I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's a sorry state of affairs. The fact that that we have to synthetically wax a previously naturally waxed thing because we sterilise it so much is just blowing my mind. It's it's bad, bad Leroy Brown. Mm. So... If you want to get rid of it, soak, soak them in vinegar or lemon juice for a bit and you can wipe it off. Mm. Um, but I thought I'd just dip into earwax finally as a little <laughs> last note because I know Gina's champing at the bit yeah. to share some stories. But it, it's not actually wax, guys. Oh. What is it? It's, uh, it's only called wax because it's, it's got a waxy consistency, but it's not technically a wax. Um, it's basically a, a sebum. So it's, it's a oh, secretion oil. of fat, skin cells, dirt and sweat and oil. <laughs> Sebum is my middle name. Yeah, it bloody is. And I'm going to tell you why. Because <laughs> it was your great-grandmother's. <laughs> um, <laughs> so basically, there are two genetically determined types of earwax. The wet type, which is dominant, and the dry type, which is recessive. Okay. Do you remember that our biology was dominant and recessive? Not really. Um, okay, well, wet, wet earwax is light brown or dark brown. Looking at Gina so right Gina's packed full of wet wax. Yeah, and has a viscous and sticky consistency and is about 50% lipid. So that's what is lipid? Like mean? a fat, similar to fat, right? Lipids, that's the basis for fat in terms of the like molecular buildup. Oh, yeah, lipids, yeah. It's right? just ringing bells from but Biology. Biology. <laughs> um, so wet type earwax is associated with armpit odour, which is increased by sweat production. So... <laughs> You have a predetermined genetic I'd like to hear wet about wax. Dry wax, because I might be dry wax. Dry no, wax. Yours is, yours is dark isn't and sticky. It? No, that was a specific instance. I'd like to hear this. Um, I, actually, <laughs> I actually don't have anything on dry wax. Dry wax, though, I will say, is actually very common 
not in the UK. It's more sort of East Asian, um, tends to have the dry earwax genes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, but tell me about your earwax. Okay, first of all, I just want to say, I don't have particularly smelly armpits. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't. Um, but my wax varies from very dry to wet. Uh, wet doesn't feel right. Sticky. It's, yeah, sticky. It's not wet. I yeah. mean, it's not coming out like a liquid, but it's it's a sticky, sticky, sticky. But the time that I'm talking about the very, d- very dark was... <clears throat> I had my ears hoovered. I wouldn't do that. I no, don't, it's not hoovered, is it? It's... It's, they they do kind of call it it's like suction vacuum it's like oh, it was, yeah, I was yeah. a child so yeah. I think it's vacuum I think not it's not hoovered. Hoovered. oh yeah it's not the brand vacuumed <laughs> oh yeah um, Hoover's the brand because I was too young to have them syringed at oh the syringed time, that's what I was thinking of which I've also done a good grief it was carnage um, <laughs> but <laughs> oh. the time that I had them vacuumed there was this all oh, pressure 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 and the and out came what I can only describe as like a hamster poo, jet black little pellet. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. We are. I don't know why you were looking at me sort of quizzically at the end of that, like I'm going to tell you something about that. Absolutely stumped we are by that. So maybe you'd have one last... Like a pellet. One last little fact. Well, no, that's and, I can tell you what you could do with that pellet. What? Because there are shove uses. It up your ass. You can shove it up your ass and get on with your section. No, there are uses for earwax. Oh, yeah. Which. Breast milk. No. But for a start, they're antifungal and antibacterial. That's why they're on our ears. So we don't want to be hoovering too much. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I'm not having mine syringed now, but I'm in deep trouble. Why? Because you're thick. going deaf. Oh, I, last week, couldn't hear a sausage. Maybe you should try listening to music. What? Maybe you should try chewing gum because that you can't actually does sausage. release... release uh... <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Jenny. Thank you. Let's put a hold at it and blow it. Yeah. Um, oh, so they used to um, use make pigments from earwax that, um, in medieval Europe um, to illustrate manuscripts. Stinky. Ah, um, stinky. And then they also used to put them on um, bites from humans, scorpions and snakes. Um, humans? Like yeah. rubies? Rapids. And it would work best if you took it from the, the, the ears of the wounded person. You'd put their earwax they onto those They were so bites. mental, weren't they? But then if you Come think about it, if it's, if it's antibacterial, yeah, true. F- fine-tuned to your, your body, who knows? Mm. Maybe I'll try it next time I get bitten by an asp. Um, by a who? Lip balms. No, no, no. no. Early American no, you lip don't balms. Want to put my earwax 1832. On your lips. No. Yeah, I refuse. Remedy for cracked lips. That would taste delicious. Oh, that's actually made me feel sick to my pit. Honestly, you would be sick to your pit if you put my earwax on your lips. (laughs) Your hamster pellets. For a lovely dark, dark lippy look. Yeah. Well, I think I'll leave us on the uh, lip balm because it is such a wonderful image. That is horrible. But just to reiterate, it's not actually a wax. From W-A-X to W-A-I-T-R-E-S-S-I-N-G. Waitressing. Yes. Um, I should just start by saying I, this isn't gender specific. I just chose waitressing because I was thinking of my own experience. But a lot of what I'm saying just is across the board. Waiting. Waitressing, waiting, waitering. Waiting. Table waiting. Table waiting. Yeah. Waiting staff. Yeah. Waiting tables. There you go. Have either of you waited on tables? Oh, yes. Sort of. Well, uh, pub? Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say not in like a fancy... Actually, I've done cafe and sort of gastro pub. Okay. <laughs> so so table service? Yeah. Taking orders? Yeah. A little bit of repartee? Oh, yeah. With the tabla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marie behind the bar? No, no. No, and tables. Oh, and table and tab- Yes, oh, it was table tables. tables. Well, I took orders at the bar, but I would deliver the food to the table. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And pick up the empty plates. Yes. That could be the worst part of the whole operation. Always the worst part. And have you, Gina? I have waitressed, yes. I did. So my first foray into waitressing was um, weddings and funerals. Oh, quite big. <laughs> was catering company. Catering, yes. And then... Oh, God, yeah, I've done that as well. Weddings, yeah. Always quite depressing waiting at other people's weddings. More just, than the funerals. More than the funerals, because you're there for what <laughs> is meant to be the best day of someone's life and all you can see is the mistakes oh now oh, hang on what hello. do you mean as in the mistakes <laughs> well, for example the groom's speech being him singing to the bride that sounds lovely yeah <laughs> i think or the that's lilac, a great success the lilac bows tied to the back of every guest's chair tied to the back of every guest <laughs> <laughs> tying every guest together <laughs> um the funerals were never depressing because a funeral it can only go up really do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like base level this is yeah. a bad day you're also not really thinking about like the decor the investment into it with for someone's it's more just like a moment isn't it that everyone's a funeral's a bad yeah. day so if you're yeah. a- adding some nice sandwiches to the mix it's already better was that what you were doing just sandwiches it was you know it, funerals it's never a sit down now tell it? me now you're saying waitressing here but mm. I'm thinking with this funeral <laughs> I don't feel like you were going around and taking people's orders. No, okay. <laughs> no, but you might be walking around with a little is a tray. Waitressing is church, isn't it? It's it, walking around offering snacks. I've done some. Ca- oh, I've done some canapé running. Yeah, yeah that's waitressing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, yeah, I've done that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Yeah. I've done it at like fancy drinks parties. Yes. And yeah, stuff. yeah. That's yeah, yeah. more fun. Carrying around trays of things is much more fun, I think. Oh, also but can be so very stressful when you're, when you're carrying those ones. So then um, I, I would do um, like different events around London, quite like corporate events. And, um, you know, when you, you know, when you uh, progress from the canopy to the bowl food. So you've got a tray of miniature bowls the with like miniature, miniature spoony bowl thing. Yes, yeah. Those yeah. are very stressful to carry because you're suddenly dealing with a very large tray heavy and you're in a packed room and you've got to yeah. jimmy your way around yeah, yeah. and every time you go back to the kitchen and that catering manager or chef is screaming at you you better get rid of that bowl food don't come back in here until you've got rid of it and you've already chewed everyone in the room's ear off saying would you like this miniature quail scotch egg on a bed of prawns in a bowl you know, I'm making it up, I'm making it up, making it up. But, you know, no one wants this. You've got to find the people You've got to do. find your me because I make friends with the people with the canapes. Yeah. I, I lock eyes and I give them the look that's like, you come here to me and stay close. You're like, so my, <laughs> my biggest takeaway from all the catering jobs that I ever did is whether it's a true love or whether it's like a, a showy love bravado thing men love meat so if you <laughs> that's marika <laughs> men and me love meat <laughs> so if you go into a, like uh, a quite stiff setting where people are like sniffing at the canapes no thank you no thank you but there's a man Who there does that? a yeah. lot of people 
So you come in with a plate of cocky sausies <gasps> or mini burgers. Okay, yeah. Uh, believe, <laughs> sliders, should we call them? Yeah. Oh, bloody and sliders. And you go, oh, hello, would you like a sausage? <laughs> uh, which everyone can see what Gina's doing right now. <laughs> that impression. There was a toss of the hair behind yeah. the shoulder. Let's would you like a sausage? Way. Or would you like a miniature? And a pump of the breast. <laughs> <laughs> would you like a sausage or a miniature burger and then the men all kind of oh, oh yeah lovely yeah lovely and then you walk away <laughs> with the tra- you walk away with the tray of sausies and mini burgers to approach another group and they say oh you come back here with those sausages yes yeah. they love telling you what to do with the meat yeah so yeah I think that Frankly, my main memories of waitressing is just men telling me to come back there with those sausages. <laughs> the main, that's the main memory. Well, also, I have a few choice memories that I've jotted down. Um, I did a job, so because I worked for this agency and they'd just send you off to different places. One was at the Savoy Ooh. and I arrived and down through the basement and they handed me a, one of their like smart jackets, part of their uniform to wear. Stank of body odor. Oh no! Unlaundered was not what you would expect of such a fine establishment. That's horrible. So I was wearing this smelly jacket, and um, <laughs> and serving Nick Hucknall. What did he have? On what? Did he serve him? <laughs> <laughs> On a bed of lettuce. Um, did he tell you to get back there with those sausages? No, he said we need more wine at this table. Did he say uh, that? He did say that. Did he say please? No. <gasps> Nick. Nope. But you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Fulham Football Club smashed an entire tray of champagne glasses oh dear. in the VIP lounge. I just found that I was amazed at how little people wanted to eat and how much um, food waste there was. Yeah. That was like my... my ma- and I, I, I'm Didn't not going to... you come back with a wheel of brie? Or I think Meg, Meg So Meg same and I company. did the same job at the Globe. Yes, yes, And yes, there was yes, this yes, like yes. very beautiful over the top display of crudite and charcuterie and cheese it was like a sort of crudite was... and charcuterie sound like two sort of posh schoolgirls don't they <laughs> crudite <laughs> I don't know if you're going to come over charcuterie get over here you haven't put your jacket on what are you going to wear to charcuterie's wedding <laughs> no Anyway, yes, Meg and I were working that same job at the Globe and there was so much food left over and we were always told, this was, I learned this from a different company to that one, but they were like, you must never eat any food on these jobs because if you ate something and you got sick, then they didn't want you to try and sue them, which obviously you would never do, but they were just vicious about the fact that you mustn't eat anything so I used to sometimes like shove canapes in my mouth as I was walking them back to the kitchen yeah um because otherwise they're all going in the bin and I'm not going to name the name but I worked at an event for this very high profile organization that's all about sustainability (gasps) and the environment and they had these two beautiful cakes massive cakes with their logo on that had been made by some celebrity chef. And I watched at the end of the evening, one of them had been, a quarter of it was eaten and launched the entire other one in the <gasps> bin. Why didn't someone take it home? Because at the end of the evening, you're so busy tidying up, you didn't have time. 
and there was nowhere you could put a piece of cake. It was like all your stuff was packed away in an office somewhere. Yeah. So there was no way to like hide stuff. Anyway. Oh, that's so horrible. abhorrent. Yeah. I, I sort of digress. But what I want to say is that waitressing or waiting is considered, in this country at least, quite a lowly job. People see it as unskilled mm. and don't have that much respect for it. Whereas in other countries, I don't know if this is still the case, whether this is slightly a romanticization, but like in France, it's I feel like there's a little bit more respect around waiting. Or you see older people doing it, like it's a bit more of something you can do yeah, for yeah. your whole life. But here it just seems so much like something you're doing to get stepping from, stone. It's a yeah. stepping stone, it's an A to B. Yeah. And people kind of shit on you while you're doing it. But it's not unskilled. No. no. And I learned that myself. Uh when I applied for a job at Caluccio's. Oh, that's yeah, that's quite big big dealings. I had I made the mistake of wearing new shoes because they told me I had to wear black shoes and I didn't have any black shoes. So like thirty minutes into this trial shift was really blistering. What you, flavor new shoes? I mean, they were just black Converse. Oh. I went for. A, I was like, well, I'm not going to spend money on new <laughs> shoes that I'm not going to wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I went for. A, <laughs> bless so you. you. Bless you. Oh, dearie me. You. But I started blistering quite badly from a Converse. From a yeah. Converse. So I'm hobbling Bet about. They didn't pay for that trial shift as well. Of course well. they didn't. And I'm hobbling about, and I'm really not knowing where to go, what to do. People are screaming at me. I'm kind of just. Standing there, bless you. Sorry, no, it's fine. And um, the manager said to me after a few hours, "Okay, I think that's enough. Like, should we go and have a chat in the office?" Oh God! And I was thinking, oh, oh gosh, this is going to be very uncomfortable. I haven't enjoyed this at all. I don't think I want to work at Carluccio's, and this is going to be quite awkward when I have to tell her, let her down. And she was just like, "Yeah, I don't think you're right for this." <gasps> and wow. I, uh, I thought. I'm going to get into podcasts. I'm going to get into podcasts. But no, that was the first time where I was like, oh, school subjects are actually very useless for a lot of life. life. You know, A-levels are great, but if you can't stack 10 plates when you clear someone's table, you got to bog off. And <laughs> you're right, Jelly. <laughs> People don't get paid for these trial shifts and things. And the, the agency that I went to work for which I did all the events through. <laughs> you had to spend like a hundred pounds on uniform before no. you even did a first shift. Oh, that's so, that's so bad. I just think the system is unfair for the staff who are being paid peanuts to do the work. Yeah. And um, it's good to have the experience of serving whatever capacity you do it in, whether it's in a pub, a gastro pub, whatever, because it's important to kind of see it from the other side. And I think people who are rude to waiters mm, see waiters as and waitresses as two-dimensional, as not having their own lives and yeah. agendas and problems. And it's basically, it's it's very shocking how some people treat waiters. <laughs> <laughs> and I read some horror stories on the web. I bet. One of which was this woman... Um, described working in a like a small independent restaurant and she said this woman had been really rude to her throughout the service she was just like probably quite young and new in the job and the woman was like you should be a lot prettier to get away with being this bad <gasps> waitressing Ew. 
and just had been vile to her the whole time. And then it came to the pudding and she'd ordered a cheesecake and this girl carries over the cheesecake to her table and she demanded a dessert fork. Oh, come on. And she was like, oh, like, really sorry, we don't have dessert forks in the restaurant. Went to the restaurant next door to see if they had dessert forks. They didn't have dessert forks. Comes back and says, I'm so sorry, we just, we don't have dessert forks. And the woman got up, threw the fork down and was like, what's it like to be so incompetent? And, um... She spat in her cheesecake. She's, she didn't spit in her cheesecake. She punched the cheesecake. But <laughs> that actually was the end of that story. Oh. <laughs> but there was another example given of someone who worked, I think it was at TGI Fridays. And this isn't unique to TGI Fridays. I probably shouldn't call them out for it. But where... Yes, when, please do sponsor us. Yeah. Yeah, TGI Fridays. We love you. But where they had a table of people who didn't pay ran off without paying the waiter having, dash. having to pay for the meal yeah i've had to do that no yeah. no i won't say where there was a policy where if people didn't pay it was your responsibility as the person waiting the table to make sure that everyone paid and if they didn't it came out of your um but salary what? or tip so you have to basically also be like a security guard mm-hmm. on top of mm-hmm. <laughs> and also tgi fridays that's a busy restaurant that is busy yeah. especially on a friday <laughs> low-hanging fruit i think everyone should have to do a service job yeah oh yes i do <laughs> oh yes i do i do you were, this is really charcuterie's wedding me, this ordering thing um but speaking of people so people being rude to waiters it's a very very interesting like space to observe dynamics that the 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 relationship between a waiter and the customer provides a kind of a situation that is ripe for psychological fuckery mm-hmm. yeah. because and I will explain this so in normal life social hierarchy obviously is very important but things that will serve you well normally contributing in a positive way to a group so if you're kind or helpful or generous, those will increase people's respect for you. But in a restaurant setting or any any similar situation where you have someone serving someone, the hierarchies are fixed already. So you don't need to behave in a certain way as much to kind of to get what you want. Or an arrogant person would think that. They go into a restaurant and they think, you're serving me. Mm. I don't need, it doesn't matter if I'm nice to you or not because yeah. you're being paid to do this. So it's like an opportunity for people who feel the need to exert some kind of strange power. Cat kickers. Cat kickers. Yeah, exactly. cat kickers. So that's why you get people who would otherwise seem completely normal and nice people behaving badly in restaurants. And I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that from someone I know as in like actively bad, but I've definitely seen people that I know be surprisingly off yeah with waiting stuff and i find it really weird yeah yeah it's like a number one turn off i think yeah in yeah if like re- obviously romantically but in anyone it's i'm just like get get out yeah i hate it so much also on the flip side if as someone who i i, I don't see it as a, a duty bound thing to be like nice in those situations because it's like oh you're serving me a coffee or whatever as in it's, I think it's so much it's just 
nice to be nice yeah, and, and any it's, human it's, interaction it, it's, is to be nice. Exactly. I also get pissed off on the other side when also you get someone really fucking rude when you're being really nice and it's yeah, like yeah. and they'll Sorry just completely and you're being served by and it's like and they will also be just like giving you absolutely yeah. fuck all because it's kind of like the whole thing for me is more that it's just like we're all just trying to get by trying yeah. to get by we're all humans doing our own thing we've all got our own shit going on and if yeah. someone's being just like like you don't owe me anything but in the same sense that I don't like it when people walk down the street and shout something at me yeah <laughs> well it's, it's like you can't it's not yeah. going to help anyone no like Especially in that situation, I guess it's an unfair power dynamic. But like, yeah. basically, the nicer you are, generally speaking, if you're a waiter or a waitress, then perhaps the more likely it is that someone is going to leave you a, a generous tip. Yeah, I suppose there's that, that um, element to it. And vice versa, if you are nice to the person who's waiting on you, they will... I don't know, prioritise you in some way or <laughs> treat you to an extra pudding. I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it serves everyone. And they've done research into how um, rudeness affects our cognitive systems yeah. and it affects them negatively. So they did studies with doctors where they've, I don't know exactly how they did it, but while doctors were carrying out certain decision-making processes like giving diagnoses or other things doctors do if they injected a bit of rudeness into the situation they started fucking everything up like they don't they they can't think straight and the point was obviously in a restaurant setting it's fine the worst that can happen is that you're you get the wrong order if you've been rude but in a situation with a medical professional you could put someone's life at stake yeah um but still if you want to get what you want in a restaurant you're not going to get it by being rude because someone might have bitten your food. Also, sometimes places are just like being rude doesn't make things happen like quicker. Like no. there's there's so many things beyond anyone's control. Yeah, and like like the dessert fork thing, they didn't fucking have them. Mm. So being rude, yeah, it's not going to suddenly make one gonna, pop out. Of yeah, the air. it's just it's and that's where you know it's completely illogical and it's just being rude because you're a fucking cat kicker. Yeah, it well there it is it is treating someone as if they are less than. Yeah. And like I think, you know, if I think that I sometimes err on the side of like even if say say it was like the food was really burnt or something, like I would be more inclined to just be like, "Oh, it was delicious, thank yes. you," which I also actually think is bad. I think yeah. I think if you're paying for a service and that service is like quite dramatically subpar as with anything like if you ordered something and it was broken you'd send it back kind of vibes this egg's broken (laughs) (laughs) but still I don't think you have to do that being like you don't have to be rude uh, yeah you could just be like oh I'm really sorry actually like I've it was quite burnt and what do you know what I mean also because you know when when that waitress or waiter or whoever goes back into that kitchen they're going to get absolutely beaten to a pulp by the chef yeah it's not their their fault they're going to have it on the other end anyway yeah Yeah. they've got it from both both ends you've got to make it as nicey nicey as possi possi yeah absolutely absolutely but one person who does stick out in my head and I say it with love as the worst waiting staff of all time was that man at my hen do in the pub do you remember him Oh my no. god! Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a masterclass. It was incredible. He was a what taking? But we already ordered our food, no? What, yeah, for but okay. So we went into the room, and the the table was there, but like there was no cutlery. So pretty sure my sister laid the table. Yeah, <laughs> and then Connie ran out all the food for everyone, oh, shit. and then oh, no. I went to the bar to order a drink, 
And my friend ordered a bottle of wine next to me and he, he put it down. And then she was like, oh, can I get some glasses, please? And he was like, yeah, we don't have any wine glasses and put down two like massive water tumblers. And then I just literally next to his head were wine glasses. I was like, oh, could we maybe have a couple of those as well, please? <laughs> so funny. And but he every, was like, everything was very slow. Yeah, he must have been have just very stressed he, by He was the wearing whole... AirPods as well. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he was... I mean, I don't, I don't remember this man at all. Um, there was naked You were men. too busy looking at the oh, butlers the, in the buff. The butlers in the buff, yeah. Couldn't keep my eyes off their <laughs> juicy, juicy booties. Their glossy sausages. <laughs> their glossy sausages. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this just in from producer Will. Um, so, Will's dad <laughs> and Will went for a meal and at the end the waitress gave them the bill and she said, you two make a really nice couple. <laughs> <laughs> and then Will's dad <laughs> Will said, "No, he's my dad." And the waitress said, "Oh no, I've done it again." <laughs> For my W, I actually wanted to do witches because when I was in Cornwall last year, I went to the Museum of Witchcraft in Boscastle, and then when I sat down. To think about witches, I thought, I can't remember anything I learnt in that bloody museum. Bloody hell. So, I'm going down a slightly different route. Okay. Well, I may, I'm, I'm obviously, witches is a really big topic. It is. So I'm mostly just going to focus on sort of the whole persecution of witches. Oh, vibe. lovely. Well, and witch trials. Witch trials, witch hunting, why everyone was so riled up about witches mm. rather than like, than witches. <laughs> you know? So... A brief histoire, and when I say brief, it's not that brief. When did the whole witchy vibe begin? Why are people? Why were people so freaked out by them? Well, like witch panic. Yeah, witch panic, witch mania, and it's quite similar to vampires. It's hard to know exactly when the earliest record of a witch was. There's in the book of Samuel, which in the Bible, which is written around 800 BC. There's like a story in which King Saul. <gasps> <laughs> what? Which in witch? witch. <gasps> <laughs> in which? In which King Saul sought the witch of Endor to summon the dead prophet Samuel's spirit to help him defeat a Philistine army. But it didn't go to plan. And once the witch had summoned Samuel's like spirit, ghost vibe prophesied the death of King Saul and his sons. And then the next day, what happens? Saul's sons died in battle and Saul commits suicide. So that's the first sort of like written documentation of a witch. But something that kept coming up that I'm really not 100% sure about what exactly it is, is the Code of Hammurabi. Ah, of course. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> Anyone so, heard of that? <laughs> no. This, this, this is ringing a bell. Of course it bloody is. She knows everything. Yeah, Disney, haven't anything. I spoken about the Code of Hammurabi before? In, Hammurabi. In... <laughs> <laughs> no? Spell H A M M U R A B I. It yes, could be rabbi. Yes. This sort of seems to be what sets the whole thing off. But what's really interesting is it talks about witches being men. So it says in this code of Hammurabi, it says if a man has put a spell upon another man and it is not justified, he upon whom the spell is laid shall go to the holy river. 
Into the holy river shall he plunge, and if the holy river overcome him and he is drowned, the man who put the spell upon him shall take possession of his house. If the holy river declares him innocent and he remains unharmed, the man who laid the spell shall be put to death. So that's also where the whole thing of like, if he, if Floating. a witch floats, yeah. um, comes from. But yeah, what's interesting is it states that a witch is a man. There's no indication that women were witches and yet 80% of people killed in witch hunts. Women. Women. So it really just becomes a way of downtreading. And then another interesting thing is that this code makes a distinction between whether a spell is justified or not, which I think is quite interesting. So it sort of implies that witchcraft wasn't always seen as a bad thing, especially right. in the earlier times. And it was so much of it was around like healing mm, and stuff, yes. which it which it's now become again. It's sort of gone through the hysteria and is now much more like well-being and healing is the witchy way. Wiccan, which yes. comes from the word. I think it's they're not 100% sure where the word witch comes from, but it's like I think it's Latin and it's wiki, W-I-C-C-E. And then Wiccan comes from that. And what do you pronounce that? A witchy? Could be witchy, could be wiki. And also another interesting thing is that witch, sort of witch hysteria and witch hunts were very much focused in Europe. And then when the British in particular colonised people, that's what took it over to like America and stuff. So it was quite a horrible, well, one of the many horrible things of colonisation and imperialism I can just see here I've written what a banana's time to be alive <laughs> preach preach but it was imagine if you could just be thrown into the river and like oh you've drowned so you're a witch absolutely barbaric yeah. did they not used to um, put them on a wheel as well I haven't heard about this tell me which wheel the oh, wheel the, of the fortune the wheel yes <laughs> you know that one no, I I have to, my mum has a book about witches, obviously, um, and there, there was like a kind of like a almost like a mill wheel, and it, there, I remember there was an illustration of a woman who had been tied to it, and it was the it wasn't even like if you float you're all right, it was literally like we'll just hold you under the water by rotating this wheel. Oh yes, and if you survive, which no one can, yeah. then you're a witch, and then we'll burn you. But if you don't survive, you were innocent. Shocking. I mean, yeah, exactly, and also shocking, shocking, <laughs> and it means there's no repercussions for the people who are make, who are doing this. But it's also just a everyone's... death sentence. Yeah, it it literally is. A I death mean, sentence. either way, yeah, like oh she dr- oh she drowned, oh dear, oh, got, she that, was... got that wrong. Yeah, no, but mm. oh she survived, no. burn her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no good news. No, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think we'd all be thrown in the river? You, Gina, I think Gina I would be. Stra- yeah. You'd be straight in. We would be eventually. I'd float because yeah. of my earwax. And then you get burned. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I think we probably all would be burnt at the stake. We'd get we'd be called witches for sort of like giggling in corners. Yeah. Yeah. And going on and also, also if Gina's <laughs> if if Gina's being burnt, then association. Oh yeah. Yeah. Part sorry, of the coven. Guys. Yeah, part of the coven. Whoopsie. Exactly. Boots would be burned. Oh, boots oh, 100%. would be long burn, I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah, that's my mum for anyone who doesn't know. Not the uh, pharmacy. <laughs> or our shoes. <laughs> All those two, if All I'm the... going. <laughs> you and your Ugg boots. Me and my Ugg boots. <laughs> to the death. <laughs> the only thing that floats is Gina's Ugg boots. <laughs> They're covered in her earwax. Um, but burning, actually, burning at the stake wasn't the big... It's slightly misrepresented. It was hanging. Oh, was the was the real way, way I mean, they did it. I mean, out of all three, 
quicker. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, Oof. definitely don't want to be burnt. But as long as your neck breaks. Yes, oh, exactly. Yes. So historically, witch hunting and witch hysteria is a very Western, as in European and then European American, event. And Ireland killed the least witches nice. and Germany killed the most. Yeah, and also in, in not all cultures condemn witches and aren't condemning witches at this time. In Japan, I read something about how they have... um. Oh, familiars, which are like demons in, uh, what's the one with Lyra oh, yeah. and her... Northern Lights. Thank you, yeah. Um, oh, she's grown up. Who, Lyra? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just found myself Googling the cast of the television show from a few years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. She's Lyra's grown. all grown up. Anyway, carry on. You're saying that like you might have a little crush on Lyra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's grown up. Oh, she's grown up. No. Please carry on. Who? What is she doing now then? Come I on. don't know. She's just that sort of Millie Bobby Brown, like she slightly is very overly MBB. confident. Yeah, sort of suddenly wearing a lot of lippy. Also slipping into kind of like a weird um, semi transatlantic, yeah, but a little bit Cockney. Ah, we digress. We digress. Witches, hey, witches, hey. Yeah, not all cultures condemn witches. Yeah, the Japanese weren't really. Oh yeah, what was the familiars? They then? Th- there's something about them having familiars which I think take on like a. F- Witches have like a foxy, not cats, interestingly, but fox-like things. And it's the, it's the familiars that push them to be like naughty and cheeky. But it's not like sinister in any way. So until the late 1400s, no one's really that fussed about witches. They're more of a sort of regional folk belief, community issue, not a widespread religious or social issue, which they then later became. What changed, I hear you ask? Well, the Renaissance! Don't know really why, but it (laughs) (laughs) renewed, the Renaissance brought with it a renewed interest in magic, especially, I guess, through... The magic of art. The magic of art, but just... just, Wait, for real? Yeah. As in because of painting, people were like, magic? No, 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 sorry, sorry. no, no. But but (laughs) of depictions and descriptions of what we now think of as like demonology. Got ya. And divination and palm reading. And it was seen as very exotic and lots of people were really interested in it and like got really like frisky about magic and got really wanted to see the dark arts being practiced. And the church really freaked out about it and was like, this is no bueno. And as magic got more popular, the church got more militant. And this is sort of where the beginnings of like not liking witches come about but even still here punishments are quite lenient it's like a day in the stocks if you're caught oh, right, yeah. doing anything magic stirring a cauldron stirring a cauldron is that if you've got a broom like... in your house or okay. a black cat oh wow okay, you're yeah. in the stocks you're not being put to death you've got a wart on the end of your nose yeah yeah mm. or anus <laughs> but then this all changed and which Again, but I think I remember this from vampires. It was all sort of like quite chill and then it suddenly really got going. And it's like proper hysteria that takes hold in the mid-1400s when many accused witches confessed under like extreme forms of torture to being witches and doing like witchy things and implicating lots of other people. And that's kind of how it all began to spread. And then within a century, witch hunts were really common and most of the accused were executed by hanging although we do have burning at the stake we do have the drowning and even the worst one I read was being pressed to death by large stones absolutely horrific single women, widows and 
women on the margins of society were especially targeted. That's so at this point, so it's mean. it's all women focused, even though the really early like descriptions and depictions of witches are men. Yeah. Just absolutely. Was like wasn't even just like being hot like a thing. Where it was like if you're fit, you're a witch. Probably a temptress. Yeah, because it is. There's there's like a sexual air to it. It's like it's or or at least it's like these like lusty women who are like devil women who are sirens. Yeah, siren vibes exactly. We've got three sirens in here. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, we'd be straight in the river. And this was what stuck with me from the witches museum. Although I think they actually said a lesser number, so I'm going to go with the bigger number for like. Shock value. Oh, yeah, always. But between the years 1500 and 1660, which I know sounds like a long time, but up to 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe. That's a lot. It's a lot. lot For no fucking reason. Yeah. Well, there may be one or two witches. Yeah, there might be a few in there. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of scattergun effect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For every 10, you're getting one witch. Probably top, top more than that. What were they up yeah. to? You know, what's the worst a witch was doing at the time if she were a witch? Well, please. Famous collection of witches that did get, I think, tried and hanged was the witches of Pendle Hill. Ooh, tell us. And actually, there were sort of like baby skeletons and cat skeletons and things from sort of strange concoctions and spell casting and things that had been going on there was actually a most haunted episode where they went to um the like place where they used to hang out and do their things and it was absolutely terrifying where is well, pendle hill in in england it's in england somewhere it's, i think it's like yorkshire mm-hmm. um yeah so i think i think there is there is a space where for sure i mean i, I mean Witch hunting, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah. But there's some um, freaky shit going on. There's probably some freaky shit going on, but Definitely. I think it's probably like more like one in every 10,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. you think and might be a witch. One must never be sure tried in the, be... under these circumstances. Yeah, I still don't think they need to be pressed to death <laughs> by large stones. No, no. Or having a situation where basically you'll die either way or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, so um, you've got to assume if they are a witch, you can't really kill them because they're going to have powers beyond the grave. Horcrux esque. Exactly. Things. Who knows? Mm. But there must, there's always nefarious people flapping around everywhere. Yeah, so exactly. That, you know, that just figures. That it turned, obviously turned into like a sort of panic stations situation. Yeah, full-blown panic stations. So nasty. I yeah. mean, it would really be terrifying to be a woman. Oh, my God. In particular at that time. Yeah. yeah. And you, not even just from the witch hunting, to yeah, be yeah. fair. That's just, probably the least of your worries <laughs> at that point. Yeah. You know, where, what are you going to do with your period? Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Anywho, around 80% of them were women thought to be in cahoots with the devil and filled with lust. So there is something a little bit sexy going on around here. Um, Around here. (laughs) Yes. The real nail in the coffin for witches comes in late 1400s, 1480s, say. And it's the publication of a book, which I've never heard of, but sort of feels like it might have a famous name, called Malleus Maleficarum. You guys, either of you guys heard of this? No. Sounds like a sort of Harry Potter book, which was written by two well-respected Germans in 1486, which, yeah, really makes witch mania go go wild. The, The book, which the title translates as The Hammer of Witches, was essentially a guide on how to identify, hunt and kill and interrogate witches. It called witchcraft heresy and quickly became the authority for Protestants and Catholics trying to flush out 
which is living among them. For more than 100 years, the book sold more copies of any other book except for the Bible. Wow. That, that shows you shit. how powerful hate is. Oh, it, it is Yeah, so it was literally, powerful. like, in the space of, like, 30 years or something, suddenly everyone starts writing books about witchcraft. This is the big, big book of the time. But, like, 20 really big books were written about how to how witches were really bad and how to kill them all. And it just completely started this spread of... Was it just a free-for-all? If you buy the book, you can kill... Complete free-for-all. And and it got to a point where even the church stood against it because in the book they had a section about how the children of witches were also witches because the parents would be teaching them the practices and like it would be like inherited stuff. So now it's like a free... Yeah. Heart blanche to go kill Loads of children. Mostly young girls. And at that point, even the church was like, guys, this is batshit. Like, stop. Yeah, they were like, this, this, the recommendations of this book are like illegal and immoral. This is literally just slaughtering people with no good cause. But because it was so popular in non-religious circles, it was completely out of control. Like, mm. and the church had a lot of power in those days. But, but also the church is still being like, but kill them. Scary but witches, kill them. Yeah. but don't kill them that much. Yeah, kill right. them, but don't kill them that much. Exactly. So it's just absolutely fucking wild for like Carnage. a good hundred years of people just being killed willy-nilly. And then it all sort of drops off again later on. But a thing that I'd heard about but didn't really know anything about were the Salem witch trials. Yeah. You guys heard about yeah. these? Uh, which are apparently the most well-known. And that was a product of British colonialism, colonialism going to America and brought witch, like the fear of witches over. And... Basically, everyone kicked off because these three little girls started having fits and convulsions, which we now know or think is because they were poisoned by a fungus that caused like horrible spasms and delusions. And everyone was just like, oh, well, the most logical explanation is it's witches. So they killed 150 people, were were convicted, I think. Or at least were tried. Oh, across the whole... So that triggered the sort of panic, and then and then it no, just, this is just the just Salem witch trials. No, witch but as trials, in yeah. with the Salem witch trials, just around those three girls, or does, is that the trigger point? And then they all kind but, of went crazy and started just that's the that triggers it, and then more and more people, right, more yeah. and more of the fungi deaths are attributed to like lots of people are having similar symptoms. Yeah, all in this one area. Then there's like lo- there were loads of witch trials going on in Germany and stuff like that, but just this particular trial. 150 people were brought to trial and I think they were all killed and the evidence that was like being used in these trials was so (laughs) non-anything it was like the evidence used against those accused of witchcraft amounted to to spectral evidence or like witness testimony that the accused person's spirit or spectral shape appeared to her or him in a dream and what was another one? What, so you just dreamt about them and therefore they were a witch? Yeah, and that there was this big thing about witch marks on, on people's skin that allegedly proved that they had made packs with the devil. And then... What's a witch mark? Contemporary research shows these marks were possibly just literally normal little moles, moles, moles. and stuff on your body. <laughs> or th- And third nipples were, were big. Oh, were big yeah, yeah, that is a big one, yeah. Of being witches. And like that, it, honestly, that was enough to get you drowned. Having a third nipple. Jesus. Harry Styles. He'd be gone. Yeah. And then by the 1740s, sort of all dies down again. Witch hunts are basically done with. They're not like a big thing. There are no, all the trials are done because everyone's like, this is crazy. We're just killing people. And it goes back to 
sort of like folklore tales of witches and now it's mostly focused on witches being good and and like I said like having healing properties and they do have I think they call them Wiccans yeah and I will just finish on this fact that I read which is on a website called mentalfloss.com oh yeah I'm familiar Mm. 10 weird facts about witches number 10 Witches really did fly, in inverted commas, on broomsticks, brackets, in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just going to read you this section, which says, the origins of the broom as a witch's preferred mode of transport is pretty weird. As it happens, people who practice witchcraft experimented with herbs and potions and rituals that may have used the mandrake plant, which comes up in Harry Potter. Mandrake contains scope. Scopolamine and atropine, two alkaloids that cause feelings of euphoria in low doses and hallucinations in higher doses. The rituals performed in the nude called for the participants to rub a herbal ointment containing the mandrake on their forehead, wrists, hands and feet, as well as on a staff they would ride. The friction of the ointment coated staff on the witch's uh, lady parts would absorb the ointments into their system and cause a floating sensation. Oh Their description of that feeling is what perpetuated the symbol of the witch flying on a broomstick. You know what? And it does feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> Banner! <Burn her. laughs> a is for anything. B for baby blue. C is classy clams and clogs. D for doggy doos. T is easy. F for flange. E for gannon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Jerry. K is kooky. L for lads. Marga ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for mummy. N for knock knock. Who's there? Pee pee hoo. Here come Q R S T U for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zinc and zany. Baglioni. Zip zucchini. Zoo and zoo and zippelin. Two. The alphabet is really cool. Four, 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 four